It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. And joining me today is Marcus Green. How are you, sir? Good. Glad to be back. Talking about some, some good stuff coming out of New Japan, so glad to be here. Yes, we're on the New Japan Destruction Tour. We're looking at Beppu and Kagoshima. Uh, there's been some interesting matches come up. We're, we're in the middle of the um, Young Lions Cup, um, so we've got some matches to talk about there. There were some big matches on these cards, and it kind of builds up to the big match which is happening tomorrow as we record this, um, which will be Tetsuya Nato versus Jay White for the Intercontinental Championship. And they had plenty of interaction on this particular tour. What are your thoughts on New Japan? Because we haven't really talked about this, Marcus, um, with you anyway. We talked a little bit about it last week with Alex and Mo Chatra. What are your thoughts on New Japan at the moment as we come out of the G1? We go into the autumn season, heading to King of Pro Wrestling, the next big major event for them. What's your thoughts on the company at the moment? I'm I'm digging it. New New Japan always keeps a a nice wave of uh, consistent momentum, even though on times of the year where where it feels like they should probably be cooling off. You know they uh like I said they they have the characters and, and storylines and uh, just consistency with the uh, presentations and the titles that allow things to stay interesting even when they're not having these huge big mega shows if you will uh, so and I think we talked about a little bit even coming out of uh, the G1 when you look at like this stuff like the Super J Cup and uh, even though a lot of those matches. We saw guys that aren't necessarily regulars in New Japan. You know, there were storylines interweaved in that that have been carrying on through this uh, destruction tool. That's that's even these matches ain't all on the Meltzer scale, if you will. You know, <laughs> just, uh, the storylines have been so interesting. It's, it's kind of hard not to keep your eyes glued to everything. So I, I think uh, it's just a credit to New Japan. They just keep things interesting. Like I didn't think they're coming out of the G1. I'd be uh, worried about uh, Liger's uh, health, <laughs> which yeah. we'll get into. So, you know, it's this stuff like that that they do so well. Okay, then. Well, we'll start with the Young Lions Cup. Carl Fredericks defeated Yota Suji on the first night of the big destruction matches. Now, the uh, Young Lions Cup has going been, through, been going through the entire destruction tour. We're not going to talk about the entire destruction tour because we just do not have time to watch everything. Um, we're talking about the Beppu show. This was 2,430. Like we said, opening match was Carl Fredericks and Yotosuji. Carl Fredericks takes the win, moved to eight points in seven minutes and 23 seconds. A very competitive matchup, I do have to say. Carl Fredericks was very, very impressive. Suji is a bit of an animal, um, and it was interesting to see these two together. Um, because obviously you have the LA Dojo versus the New Japan Dojo, and it was interesting to see how things have developed for these two very different style of wrestlers. Also, you kind of get like this, the kind of the big differences between a younger wrestler, not young, because neither of them are young, young, younger wrestlers from Japan being a bit thicker set, being a bit less bodybuilder kind of outlook, and Carl Fredericks, who's absolutely ripped and tanned, and looks more like a traditional North American wrestler. It's very interesting to me how we see these different philosophies are kind of laid bare in the Young Lions Cup because they've both come from two different traditions. What's your thoughts on this opening match, Marcus? Uh, I'm digging it. Uh, this uh, was probably my introduction to the, the new Lions tournament. Um, 
I think Kevin Kelly uh, Cole is always doing a great job out there bringing bringing people in. Um, it, it's just cool to see them, you know, doing this with the the young lads and putting this kind of level of importance because a lot of these guys I'm new to, uh, specifically like Carfit, Fredericks, and Yoda. So um, yeah, it's just like you said, it's interesting looking at their contracts because one of the one of the best things about watching the young lines, and we'll we'll get to this uh, as we get more matches, but um, because of the the style or the, the the limited moves that they they have, you know, becomes more in, intrinsic upon, like you said, the contrast and styles cause the the bigger guy where Yoda is the smaller guy. So obviously you're gonna have one using a little bit more lightning and other guy power. But again, you know, I think the beauty of watching the Young Lions is it, it brings in uh, fans to appreciate, well, specifically like me, to appreciate the moves that we oftentimes take for granted over here, you mm. know, that, that go so far in New Japan, just like a simple arm drag. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean actually, at least in a couple of matches I saw later on on these two cards, an arm drag, a simple, straightforward arm drag, changed the complexion of the matches. And you can tell that kind of story if you have matches like this that give the absolute basics such a good airing because it reaffirms a lot of things that will happen later in the card. The Young Lions Cup and watching the Young Lions wrestle each other is a good starter lesson. If you're a new watcher of New Japan, you get to see the whole philosophy of the company laid bare in an eight-minute stretch, really. Right, the second match for the card was Shota Umino, or Shooter, as we're now calling him, Umino. He defeated Alex Coughlin in actually a much better match, but even though Fredericks and Yusuji was very good, but Umino and Coughlin are a, a bit level ahead. Umino is kind of a, probably about the best of all the young lions, I think. Eight minutes and 14 seconds, a lot of fun to watch. Umino continues to impress. What were your thoughts on this matchup, Marcus? Yeah, like you said, another good one. Uh, you, know, um, you know, like Umino, I kind of cooled off on him a little bit just because I didn't necessarily, um, I guess, care for the antics that they was doing when he was paired with, with uh, Moxley. Because um, <laughs> I wanted to kind of see Umino do his own thing. Um, but but now he's, he's back to doing his own thing. Of course, you know, we was talking about him long before they paired him with Moxley, and he's, he's back back at it. And, again, it's a simple thing. It's like a dropkick kind of changed the whole momentum of this match towards the end. Then, you know, you got a beautiful fisherman and stuff like that. And just seeing uh, these moves just executed to a T, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, these, these uh, Young Lions matches just like, really almost like the perfect showing of just the fundamentals, which I appreciate. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And we had some more Young Lions in the next matchup. It was an eight-man tag, Garen Narita, Raisuke Taguchi. Yuji Nagata and Yue Uemura defeated Clark Connors, Manubi Nakanishi, Michael Richards and Toa Henry in 11 minutes and 18 seconds of fun matchup, really. It was the bottom end of the card. The eyes doing bottom end of the card things. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't really anything more you could say about this. It, it did what it said on the tin. Nakanishi's had a bit of a layoff from being on New Japan cards, and the rest has done him good, is what I'm saying. What are your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, agreed. Nothing blowing out the water. It was fun. It, it you know, um, it uh, like you said, did what it needed to do. I think uh, for me, I guess my biggest takeaway I mean, is always great seeing uh, Nagata, um, you know, the legend and stuff like that. But uh, I got kind of like 
get introduced to like you know Michael Richards and Clark Connors because obviously they're gonna they're in the tournament and stuff like that. So, uh, but I think probably my biggest takeaway is uh, I guess Hen Henry. Yeah. Uh, it looks like you know the the you know last time I saw him, uh, he was kind of kind of just going along, and now it looks like he's turned up a more aggressive side to himself, both in look and approach in the ring. So. Um, yeah, it's gonna be cool seeing what they you know do with him as they keep going. Drop weight, gain muscle, and apparently went on hol- went on his vacation to a Thai boxing training camp, um, which is something a lot of wrestlers in Japan do actually. Mako Satomura being the most famous, she takes the Sendai girls with her sometimes as well, and they'll go for a way of vacation of kicking people really hard. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he's looking good. Um, and probably actually the best-looking person in this match. Again, but Ren Narita is, is proving to be something special as far as a young line is concerned. But, yeah, it was all right. What was really special, though, was Rapingi 3K and Yushin Thunder Liger defeating Suzuki Gun, Duki, the return of Yoshinubi Kanemura and Minoru Suzuki. 10 minutes and 35 seconds. The fire between Liger and Suzuki is well and truly back on. I think we have our contender for... Liger's retirement match at the Tokyo Dome next January. And uh, we will talk more about this from the night two as well. But what are your thoughts on this one so far, Marcus? I dug it. Like, I, I was, you know, when I first saw it, I kind of scoffed at this match a little bit because obviously um, you kind of know what you're going to get for the most part when, you know, it's a Suzuki match and, you know, Kanemaru and Doki, it's not like they're going to be kind of competing uh, with Suzuki sometimes, like a Zack Sabre can do for like. Uh, who's going to cause the most pain, if you will. He's definitely the general, and he leads his men uh, to do what they do. But the storyline they build him, like, it's, like I said, it's amazing Like that somebody like Liger, who, who we know is his winding down, almost always the legend. But, you know, uh, this is the framework in which, you know, Minoru has built himself from it in, in New Japan and his brand. Like, it, it's practically, like, one of the main events, really, or one of the main feuds, if you will, if you going against Suzuki, because like this whole thing with like it's it's crazy, but it's it's perfect, and like you said, it's almost uh, fitting to end end like this uh, when you look at the perspective of you got this now crazy man who, um, <laughs> if he's going after you, is is damn near as good as going against Okada because of the spotlight it creates. Not that Liger needs it; he's a legend, but. I think all that kind of just creates like a perfect blend. Like we get to the end of this man's career and now somebody, a crazy man comes along and wants to yank away his identity. So, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy in that sense, but I think it works when you put Show and Yo who are fantastic and it feels like they're creeping back up to getting title contention. So it, I, I dig that. I dig that tandem. But again, I feel so sorry for Liger who is uh kind of golden the bull at this point but you know that's the that's the fun part we will have to see what happens i mean i think you know wrestle kingdom might be a way off you know they've got to keep telling the story for another what five months uh october november december yeah nearly four nearly four months but you've got tag league in there so you know yeah. there is opportunities that, that you know to slow and stretch it out it might happen to king of pro wrestling what might be yeah. cool is they have a match at king of pro wrestling and then they have the rematch at wrestle kingdom that would be awesome. And it will be a special singles match. There is no way that this is going to be like a um, a throwaway match or a mixed tag or anything like that. Liger's final match has to be something very, very special because he is a true legend. 
and there were some hints of what may happen um, after the match on the Sunday night. So we'll talk to them about that a little bit more in a moment. Okay. It was a 10-man tag. Bad Luck Farley, El Fantasmo, Kenta, Taiji Ishimura, and Yuji Takahashi defeated the Birds of Prey, Robbie Eagles, and Will Ospreay, Kota Ibushi, Togo Makibe, and Tomiyaka Homura in 9 minutes and 17 seconds. Was some showcasing of Birds of Prey and Taiji Ishimori and Phantasmo's uh, brilliant tag team offense. There was a hell of a lot of interference. There was Gino Gambino um, thrashing uh, Robbie Eagles from the commentary position with a chop. There was a lot of stuff going on in this. It was really interesting to watch. It was a real telly story, t- storytelling tag team match. What are your thoughts on this one? Marcus? Yeah, sorry, I muted myself. But, uh, yeah, uh, really, really uh, good stuff. Kind of couldn't keep up with necessarily everything, but, uh, yeah, I think I kind of focused on the, the Robbie Eagles and all spray of it because uh really digging their Birds of Prey formation and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we end up with some stuff with, with Ibushi and, and Kenta. Uh so, like I said, that's the real key point with these tag matches, though, underlying things. Like, Kenta is in full uh, confidence mode, you know, now that he has that, that title. And, um, who's the guy on commentary? Kevin Kelly? His name was Gino Gino Bullet Club member Gino Gambino. Yes, Gambino did a lot to help his card because his bias was not hidden. <laughs> <laughs> And it really fared well in the situations like this, um, you know, because he was uh, full full behind Bullet Club, and also we get a lot of interactions between Fale and stuff like that. So um, that was fun. But yeah, you know, Bullet Bullet Club uh, pulled it out, you know, because they, you know, take no issue with going that extra mile to get things done. So yeah, just just a fun match. Yeah, I mean, um, from. From my point of view, I mean, it, Gino is growing on me as a commentator. He is pretty funny, uh, and he, when he's not in a Bullet Club match, he, he's, he is fairly impartial. Um, but, yeah, I find this interesting. This, this story that they've been telling with Birds of Prey has been really interesting about how they are pushing El Fantasmo specifically in a new direction. You know, it's been a new direction for the juniors and bringing Osprey back down to the juniors to try and get El Fantasmo over has been really, really cool. It's interesting to see. Um, and it's made the junior division hot again. You know, Osprey is the champion, but he's by no means the focus. Um, and certainly our, our good friend, uh, Ashley, is very happy that ELP is doing so well at the moment. He won the Super J Cup, tag team champions with Taji Ishimori. There's a lot going on for this young man, isn't there? Yeah, and it's fun to see it because it, because they've you know revitalized some stuff between uh, at the same time between uh, Chaos and Bullet Club. You know, yeah, just, yeah. You know, one of the the, the more fun um, you know contrast to see. You know, because you know we talk about different factions all the time, but sometimes um, things can get into a lull, and I think this has put some fire back into things. Specifically, when you look at how they did it, you know, with the division between Phantasm and Eagles, who uh, it, it kind of seemingly for me a little times got kind of hard to tell apart. I think when when it was in the what, what that was the G one of the Super J Cup, mm. um, 
so uh, dividing them and, and really putting a stamp and separating them into some individualities, specifically with Eagles, it's just really cool to see him pairing with Osprey, who, I mean, we've talked about how great this guy is and how, you know, he's just had a phenomenal year with the matches. Um, you know, just a lot of show still and stuff. So now he can, he's had damn near such a good year. He, he can afford not to be the focus and, and uh, give some of his, uh, pass some a little bit his swag on to somebody like Eagles because he can regain that momentum at any time with like like I said with you know some show stealing matches or something. So it works. It works and and, and I think Gambino mentioned it on commentary uh because of the whole thing with uh between Abushi and, and Kenta. He was like everybody wants to be a double champion. So that's <laughs> on the current thing going on uh with this whole thing as well. So that's cool. Yep, the only current champion currently in New Japan Pro Wrestling is Al Fantasmo, Ref Pro, British Heavyweight, and IWGP Junior, sorry, Ref Pro, undisputed Ref Pro Junior Heavyweight Champion, and of course the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. We move on to the next match then, which pitted Evil and Tetsuya Nato against Chase Owens and Jay White, 11 minutes, 11 seconds. LIJ take the win. Another, another chapter in the Nato Owens story about who can play the mind games, the two master heels trying to work off of each other, which is proving very entertaining, and they're not having to work so hard in the ring, are they? <laughs> yeah. So what are your thoughts on this match? Because this was LIJ's purebred tag team wrestling up against Chase Owens' tag ability and Jade White's magnetic personality. And I really enjoyed this matchup. It was a lot of fun to watch and got the story over. Uh, I just kind of wish it could have gone a little bit longer. What are your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, it was, it was quick. They got in, they got out. Uh, they would need to do, like you said, it's uh, it's really cool seeing that contrast between NATO and, and, and Jay White because always the Jay White is very much in your face. You know what you're getting with the guy uh, as as we've always gotten with him in a way. Um, but with NATO, he's still, you know, the, the real key to his swag is he's always that guy that can remain um, the, like you said, uh, tranquilo and cool, calm and collected, but obviously go against somebody like Jay White and piss him off and uh, still do it with with, uh, with flair. So that whole back and forth. And Evil and, and Owens didn't get lost in translation. I think Evil um, is doing his thing, obviously separated from Sonata now. So it'll be interesting seeing what they get him off into uh, because I don't think he's necessarily... Uh, in line for like a title shot right now, but mm. you know, Evil is always that guy to look out for. Who um, is probably very underrated at times in terms of the level of match he can put on. Um, maybe some people kind of get wrapped up in this whole the great look that he gives with his entrance and the, and the uh, look and everything in his ring attire. But uh, Evil is is a guy. But yeah, NATO and and, and White, we're gonna see what happens. Because that's going to be a, a top match. And obviously, Jay White has been looking to get back in the title contention, specifically the world title. But, you know, obviously, the IC is a great step towards that and just knocking off NATO, who, like I said, can, can even piss somebody like Jay White off because of how he is. So that, just seeing the contrast with that is, is, is what's really been fueling that feud for me. Okay, then. Well, we move on to the next matchup, which was. Oh, in fact, we missed one out. Having seen that third set about that, we should go back to this one because it involves one of your favorite guys. 
Yeah. Jose Morales de Apan, Bushi, Sonata, and Shingo Takagi defeated Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada, and Rocky Romero in 10 minutes and 40 seconds. This is kind of showcasing Shingo Takagi and Hiroki Goto and Kazuchika Okada and uh, Sonata. Obviously, Rocky Romero hates Bushi all the time. So, <laughs> so you have feuds at the moment and a long-term rivalry. And this ended in 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Both teams showing slick double-team offense or triple-team offense in cases. Shingo Takagi and Hiroki Goto are after it. This is going to be one hell of a stiff matchup and something really fun to watch. And I think, I mean, we've been erring on this. I mean, me, me and Mo talked about this last week and Alex as well. Sonata versus Okada for the fourth time in 12 months. Can they do anything different with it? Can they go anywhere that they haven't been before? I'm intrigued as to what they can do. Um, and we're kind of worried that they've probably overcooked it this time around. What are your thoughts on that, Marcus? And what are your thoughts on this matchup? It's interesting that you said, and I'm going to get to uh, one of my favorite pairings to watch right now in, in Goto and, and Shingo's, like watching two of my favorite heroes now have to fight uh, in that manner. But for Sonata, is, like I said, it's interesting that you said that because I was thinking about it. I was like, because they just had that great match in, in the G1. I was like, you said, it's like with their fourth meeting. And, you know, we kind of know, we you know, we, we people, you know, fans of True Pinnish show not, not know how much we love Sonata, but um, you, you mentioned, like, overcooking it, and I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, you know, obviously we've talked about for the longest how Sonata is going to be that guy, but I don't think they're going to, I can't see, even though he beat him in a G1, I can't see them taking it off of Kata. I mean, he's, you know, rebuilt himself to be the man once again undoubtedly the best in the world um i can't see them dropping it to sonata right now um and with that whole thing it's like okay are they gonna keep doing the whole all what you know the bridesmaid thing that with a bride with sonata and like you said are, are they is it becoming too fresh in our minds because of how often they're doing it right now so like you said it could be interesting saying obviously it's not gonna be a bad match but it's like how many great L's is he going to take before, you know, when he finally gets the big thing, is it going to really hit the way that it should? So that's kind of my worry with Sonata. I don't mm. doubt, I never doubt the match quality, but, you know, they recently had a thing, um, and, and I don't know if you're uh, familiar with, with Pokemon, but they recently had a thing where the main protagonist, Ash, finally won a big quote-unquote league after like 22 years, and it's like, some people like finally, and then you got the other people like, well, it took him 22 years. It's about time. He didn't how many tries. <laughs> so I, I, I would hate for Sonata to fall into that category because he's just so great. And like we talked about endlessly, like just somebody you can build around. But against Okada, it's it's a thing because he's he's the best sure bet in pro wrestling. Yeah, it, it, was, it was Randy Orton's promo against uh, Mark Henry when Mark Henry won the world championship. And Randy Orton's is a cut promo saying it took I've 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 waited sixteen years for this moment and Randy Orton said comes in and says, Well, it took me three months, what have you been hanging about at? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's probably the best Randy Orton promo ever. But um yeah, it's gonna be intriguing for us. I mean, there was nothing wrong with this matchup, it showcased everything perfectly and did what it was supposed yeah. to do. But again, there is some concerns that Sonada Okada for I'm wondering where they can go with it. Unless a Sonada actually does defeat a card, which would be a massive upset, but it's the kind of thing they've done before. So I don't know. Maybe there is an outside chance, but we'll see. 
Yeah. Uh, where are we? Next, we were back up to the IWGP Tag Team Championship match. Bullet Club, Tamatanga and Tangelo with Jado defeat Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi in a polarizing match. Just to give you how polarizing it is, uh, Wrestling Observer, that's Dave Meltzer, gave it three and a half stars. Cage match, give it four. The cage match users give an average of 4.83. GOD are not everyone's cup of tea. Okay. And Ishii never has a bad match, but Yoshihashi has been known to have several. Now, this match was perfectly fine as far as I was concerned. In fact, it was really good. In fact, it may have been one of GOD's better outings. And I think GOD are, do have the right to claim to be one of the best tag teams in the world. And it was the kind of grounding powerhouse match that you kind of thought Ishii would have. However, I also think Yoshihashi was the performer of the night in this match. His big comeback and hot tag from Ishii was the savior of the match. He was the most dynamic wrestler in the entire in the in the tag team match. But GOD are looking like the dominant tag team they should look like. They are the star players of the division, and I saw nothing wrong in this match. But it does show you how polarizing people find GOD as a team and maybe find Yoshihashi as well. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this match? Man, I think you, you put it perfectly. Um, you know, this this match was perfectly fine. Um you know, it's interesting with, with me because <laughs> I got a friend that kind of that, that kind of teases me about Yoshi Hashi being my favorite wrestler, which he's not um, in New <laughs> Japan. But you know, um, you know, it's kind of been fun to watch his up and down journey uh, because he is a guy that's very talented. But we talked about it before; he's kind of a guy that you know um, also has the potential, but doesn't always fulfill it. And you know, it's kind of had the it, will he, won't he type of thing. Uh, and then he kind of has moments where like, hey, he beat that, that uh, that uh, that big dumb guy in the in the G one handed him his loss, and then you kind of get behind him, uh, and stuff like that. But you know, he's kind of like I said, at times he kind of meddles, and for some reason, it's never seemed like he's been able to pick up the proper momentum he's needed alone. So. It's really cool seeing him give with somebody like Ishii and tag team formation. It almost seems like he's been revitalized in that way. Um, mm. And like you said, he's one of the best parts of this match. GOD is GOD. They're one of the best. I mean, like you said, hands down, one of the best tag teams going, period, uh, across the world. One of the best teams and, and, and just guys you're going to watch in New Japan, you know, watching – you know, Thomas Hong was one of my favorite guys. Like, you know, watching like just the level of fluidity that that guy displays when he's in there, um, it's crazy. Uh, but I think, again, when it comes to Bullet Clubs and specifically somebody like G.O.D., you know, I think a lot of times people take uh, kind of getting their feelings about them because they do stuff that they don't have to do because they are as good. So when they have like interference, which I didn't expect it from Kenta, Kenta, but you know, uh, again, it fit because Kenta's just doing what he wants to right now, and it fits the mo of the Bullet Club. But it's not like that. Uh, that took over the match. We got a really great match, and then that happened. And it was like, oh my god, we were robbed. I'm like, it's Bullet Club. They get away with Harry Robert. That's their thing. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think people get mad at because, I mean, they they get mad at the mo. Which is, I, you know, is really the thing because, you know, that's that's the heel thing to do. But uh, I think this may, I think this was a winning loss for them, specifically with Yoshihashi, because I think uh, it behooves them to kind of keep them together 
you know, Ishii is always going to be Ishii no matter who he's with or anything taking a loss. Ishii is a pillar in this company. Um, and and people love him regardless. But Yoshiashi really needed this. And I think that's, you know, walking away, I think that's what they got. But it's it's truly impressive that G.O.D. is what, and, and Kevin Kelly kept saying it, like their sixth reign, the fifth reign, and their sixth title fifth defense. Range. Yeah, fifth reign, yeah. sixth defense. This it's is nuts. Uh, yeah, this is. You consider they've only really been teaming for like three and a half years. They've yeah. done an awful lot in three and a half years. Look at the guys who taught them, Carl Anderson and uh, Doc Gallows. They did a really good job of showing them how to be a good tag team. And um, yeah, they are outstanding. And, you know, uh, it, it works. And it's also noticeable the relationship between G.O.D. and Kenta and how they're kind of forging into one unit almost within bullet club it's like the firing squads come back with their own leader and it'll be interesting to see how that tension between kenta and jay white develops because there can only be one leader of bullet club and at the minute it's jay white and he's not like you know he's not got a belt so kenta kind of is acting up here it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of tension there because the leadership role in bullet club has always been a bone of contention but back to daily one because was carl anderson the leader or was Finn, was one fit, or was Finn Balor the leader? Sorry, Fergal Devitt, as he should was, as he was back then. So we shall see. There's lots of questions to be asked as far as Bullet Club is concerned. All right, moving to the main event of that particular evening, Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Hiroshi Tanahashi in 26 minutes and 43 seconds and regains his IW, sorry, Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship. Four stars from the Wrestling Observer, 7.85 from the cage match users. This was outstanding and tells another chapter in two perfectly placed rivals. Tanahashi is a strong style wrestler in the mold of um, Tatsumi Fujinami and Kiyeji Muto. And the ground and pound base attack of Zack Sabre Jr. is the perfect foil to that. You know, this is what this is the whole point. You know, Fujinami was the antidote to Ricky Chosu's ground and pound attack back in the 80s. And this is the modern day equivalent of that. Um, so, yeah, this has been fantastic to watch both in Repro and in New Japan Pro Wrestling in the UK and in Japan. And they had another outstanding match. Zack Sabre Jr. getting back on the mic at the end of the evening to reclaim what is truly his and bring the Brev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship back to Britain. Uh, and, you know, I'm blaming Boris Johnson for everything, as always. Uh, I think this was absolutely brilliant. What's your thoughts on this main event, Marcus? Yeah, again, beautiful. I think uh, uh, what the series is tied 4-4. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, it's crazy. It's, it's kind of, um, I think I was talking to somebody else when I likened, you know, uh, Junior with that that uh, wear pro title, kind of like how they had with uh like the the never open way being on Godo for a while there, mm-hmm. and you know how like some kind of way like that that title always ends up back around his waist. It's kind of almost synonymous, you know, with, with Saber now, uh, which is cool. Um, but yeah, this this rivalry and, and stuff going back and forth with with Tanahashi has been just nothing short of phenomenal. And I, I think um, for me, uh, guys like Tanahashi really you know bring out the best in Zach not that he ever doesn't bring his hundred percent but just that contrast and style um guys like Shanata and Will Osprey to me uh they bring out the, the the best match uh types against 
against uh, Saber Junior. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, Tanahashi is always going 110%, even though he's not necessarily at 100%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, watching somebody like Zach who will just break your body down in ways that you ain't even possibly imagining. Then somebody like Tanahashi, how he's going to outsmart this guy, outlast him, stuff like that. And, you know, for somebody like Zach who targets the entire body, you know, going against somebody like Tanahashi goes after the legs, which takes out a lot of Zach's game. You know, it becomes a very uh, visual game of chess mm. uh, that they t- that you never really get tired of watching. And when you kind of see how things go, like I think it came down to because we, you know, Tanahashi usually goes for that, like usually does double high flies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't necessarily go away. And then Zach was going for the submission, but you know he had to, you know. Uh, I think he ended up getting a, a course, a unique pinning combination, like a like a Zach Sable schoolboy. It's not a regular schoolboy or something like that. But um, yeah, it's just like I said, it's just watching a very visual chess game. I think for people who don't appreciate matches like this, uh, it's it's very interesting. Uh, and, and maybe they're just so used to the shock and awe and, and getting matches that give you that instant holy s moment. But I think it's, it's, it's matches like this that really bring out the kind of Kind of like the purest of wrestling fans, just because, of, like you said, that those that style contrast is classic. It never gets old. And when you look at people who can go at it at the levels of Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi, you can do this like what they do with Tanahashi and Okada for years on end. Yeah, definitely. This is the match that inspired Scott Hall, your Razor Ramon, to say, "I am a mark for Zack Sabre Jr." So that tells you how good this was. There are very, very few wrestling IQs as great as Scott Hall. Right, then we move on to night two, which was from Rocky Kagoshima. I'll get it right. Kagoshima Arena, 4004. 4004 is a really interesting number. You'd have thought like they would have built the arena to hold 4,000 people, but no, 4,004 attended. Um, it was a really good card and opened with a really cracking uh, Young Lion Cup match, which actually got three and a half stars from the Wrestling Observer. The cage match, you guys, so it's 6.38. Yui Uemura gets himself off at the bottom of the league table with a win over Clark Connors in 9 minutes and 31 seconds. And this was a thriller. This was really, you wouldn't think both these guys are not particularly experienced in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You would think they they were way more like big league rookies, sorry, big league uh, veterans. This was fantastic. It was such a joy to watch. And I hope you enjoyed it too, Marcus. Yeah, really, really good stuff. These young lines are... uh, uh, just phenomenal. Like I said, just that the contrast and that display of fundamentals and, you know, just how they really sit you down and, and make you appreciate um, just every little thing, the holes. Because, again, in, over here in the, in the States, we can very much become bastardized on a lot of stuff because things that, that should matter, like I said, get back to those fundamentals, like a rest hole. You know, it's almost like a pee break, but it matters so much more in these scenarios, because of uh, the parameters in which these young lions do, and like you said, it's about positioning. Obviously, we're talking about body types, and you know, it's very interesting for me in this tournament seeing a lot of uh, new guys who aren't necessarily from Japan and seeing what these guys do. So yeah, like you said, it's just a, it's a, it's a cracking open. It didn't go too long. Then I'll stay as welcome, but it feels like they're doing this uh, just right, and they kind of do it in like a G1 format. Again, I think brings even like the simplest a person in because everybody can appreciate a tournament. 
Yeah, exactly. So then, the next match was Ren Narita and Michael Richards. Seven minutes and 18 seconds. Wasn't not quite as good, but it was really, really interesting to watch. Ren Narita has his advanced um, offense, especially with that belly-to-belly, rolling belly-to-belly suplex, which is just insane. Um, and he took the win in seven minutes and 18 seconds, which he thought this match and the development of, Rita, of Narita, who's come along so quickly. Yeah, it was, I think this was the match I was uh, talking about earlier when, when I was talking about uh, just something that's simple uh, that, that a lot of times fans take for granted over here. Like, uh, like I think it was Narita who hit, it was a sequence where he hit this beautiful deep arm drag, held on to it, did the, the double arm trap, belly to belly, um, and then went into the Boston, or was that the earlier match? Uh, this one it was the Boston, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was this one. But it, yeah, it was just a beautiful sequence. And um, now these guys are really just like almost turning me turning me off to these big spectacular, you know, uh, sequences because of how they're just you know making this stuff look so the doggone good. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's some good stuff. And like like you said, you know, Render Reader is just another one of those names like Umino. Um, and others that they're really building because, you know, I think a lesser company would probably really um, be putting everything into like one one name, like a show to Umino, but it really feels like, you know, uh, it's like two or three guys that are really showing out here. And it's not a diss to any of the other guys because they're looking good even in defeat. But, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, these dojos are coming along well uh, across the board you know, both in Japan and L.A. and, and stuff like that. And it just really shows you that um, that they're not lacking at all when it comes to, you know, growing these talents the proper way across, you know, whether it's Fale's Dojo or, or any stuff like that, just how serious they take in terms of getting these guys ready to, to even stand next to, like, the Yuji Nagatas and stuff like that. So, yeah, this was, this was another, like you said, it wasn't a bomb burner, but it really, you know, showcased what's coming up. Yeah, Michael Richards, it, it... He is the golden boy of the Farley Dojo, and he doesn't quite have the look. You know, he's not what you expect him to see, but by God, he can go when he wants to. And Ren Narita was a brilliant wrestler to work with because he's Ren Narita is so adaptable. He can do so many things. A lot more experience than the other young lions. He, he wrestled in the best of Super Juniors this year. So he's been banging heads with the best in the world for a good two years now, and he's really getting to be that good. Right, then we move on to the next matchup, which was an eight-man tag. Alex Coughlin, Carl Fredericks, Mananubi, Nakanishi, and Toa Henry defeated Raisuke Taguchi, Shota Umino, Yotasuji, and Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata, even. Yotasuji kicked things off by um, really going after his opponent's team as Toa Henry backed away and said he's going to blow himself out. And he didn't. He kept on going like there, like there was no tomorrow. And after that, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride as these two teams, mix of veterans and young lions, had a bit of fun for nine minutes and 45 seconds. Thoroughly entertaining matchup. And uh, as, as Kevin Crowley quite rightly said, you can't slow the hip attacks down. You, you can't end the hip attacks. The only thing you can do is contain them. As Raisuke Taguchi went wild with his ass. Marcus, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah you, you can't hate on those hip attacks. He, uh, uh, he puts everything into them. Uh, yeah, another, just, just another fun outing. Uh, you know, uh, it's always fun for me, you know, just watching that. I think it was like Nagata that got the high tag um, and stuff like that, uh, near, maybe near the end. But, uh, yeah, it's just always fun seeing him. And uh, Taguchi is, is, is relentless and it's cool seeing Umino. So, 
Uh, yeah, just a, just a fun contrast, and obviously uh, they got the win. Whereas it was like I think the the inverse on the other show. So yeah, just a just a fun outing, fun outing right here. Yeah, nothing really more we can be said about it. However, the next tag match, Chaos, Tomohiro Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi even with Rapingi 3K showing yo defeated Bullet Club, Bad Luck Farley, Chase Owens, Tamatonga, and Tangaloa with Yo getting a pin on Tamatonga in six minutes and 51 seconds. This was short, and it got the uh, Rapingi 3K guys. They now may, may be in line for a title shot, perhaps at King of Pro Wrestling. And I think this is a really intriguing matchup in the way they've told this story. If you cast your mind back to the beginning of the G1, Rapingi 3K, one of the most dominant tag teams in the junior heavyweight division, faced the most dominant tag team in the heavyweight division in a bit of a dream match, which was kind of there to pop the card for the G1. However, they held their own, but they lost in 10 minutes. They've just beaten the champions in six minutes. That kind of gives you an idea of how things are going with this storyline. And I'm wondering if they may actually dare put the heavyweight titles on Show and Yo just for a little while to see how things go. Because let's face it, it's an interesting story to tell because G.O.D. would have to go through the tag league with everything to gain. Usually when they go through the tag league, they've been the champions. They've had nothing to lose. If they lost, that's okay. They'd still be in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom, or the Tag Team Championship match at Wrestle Kingdom. Whereas this time, if they're challengers, they would have to really work hard. And I think that'd be a really interesting way of putting your greatest tag team of all time through their paces. What are your thoughts on this, Marcus? Yeah, same. I'm digging up. Um, I like, I like you know, what they, they showed here with, uh, you know, showing yo, they just come such a far away. Because when I first got introduced to them, it kind of seemed like, uh, they almost came out of nowhere just for me, and, and but they was taking everything by storm, super talented, uh, and killing it. And they got a lot of success early on, and then they they uh, kind of cooled off a little bit. Um, always stay consistent, but uh, cooled off. And like I said, now it looks like they you know changed their look, got more aggressive, you know, evolved in a way, and uh, really nipping on the heels of you know. G.O.D. because you got to look at it like you said I think it's perfect what you said laying out uh, having them being the chasers in a, in a tag league because you know money is what they have beaten Ishii and uh, you know Yoshiashi if, if they didn't you know have a couple calls up their sleeve mm. so you know you're looking at that you know and then you know like I said showing your nipping at the heels and then uh, just, just other names in there, man. It, it, it's some stiff competition. So to see them on the defensive and having to climb back like that, uh, well, I think, like I said, you know, GOD is the tag team that, you know, like I said, have those calls up their sleeve, but they don't necessarily have to play them because they can beat guys outright. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting seeing uh, what they do and uh, if they do have them drop the titles, just how they're going to do it because, uh, yeah. <laughs> The Tongans were not happy about this loss. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were not. But at the end of the night, it was showing you we were standing tall with Yoshihashi and Tomohiro Ishii holding their hands in the air. So we'll have to see about the tag team titles. I kind of want Yo and Show to win them just for something different. And, you know, it, um, New Japan don't tend to do petty booking, but the only other team to move up to the juniors to win the tag team championships are the Young Bucks, and they only won it once. 
showing you are a lot younger than the young books are and have much more chance to do things with them. And I think Show's probably going to end up as a heavyweight rather than a junior. So I don't know what are your thoughts on that. We can we can see how it goes, I guess, over the coming weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, then we move on to the next match, which was thoroughly entertaining. Jushin Thunder Liger led out his team in his final match in uh, Kagoshima. He's tagged with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Togo Makabe, and Tamiyaki Homa. They defeated Suzuki Gun, Duki, Minoru Suzuki, Yoshinubi Kanemura, and Zack Sabre Jr. by disqualification, a rare disqualification in New Japan Pro Wrestling, as Minoru Suzuki refused to stop beating Liger with a chair and then took off his mask in uh, a, a pretty direct attack on the attitude of Jushin Thunder Liger and his legacy and builds even more tension and even more heat. Liger eventually asked Suzuki to come back to the ring, but Suzuki will, will make his time, make, sorry, Suzuki will make the match on his own time because that's the way the king works. What are your thoughts on this match, Marcus? Because this was absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's that's all I was focused on. This match was Jushin and uh, Suzuki because I'm I'm like, man, this this legend is on his way out. Now they want to kill him. They they uh, trying to put him out old yellow style by having to go against Suzuki. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's uh, I take away from anything else. And I mean, obviously, you got more continued tension between Tanahashi and Zack Saber um, and, and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I think what encaps capsulizes this match and what is a perfect picture for not only giving you everything you need to know about uh suzuki having him sit on that top rope and have liger's mask in his mouth like the aggressive pit bull in the neighborhood that just yanked the bone out of the mouth of, of the the smaller dog and is reveling in the fact that he's torn out teeth <laughs> got it bleeding in the process like it's this absolute savage, but uh, you know, kudos to Liger, man. You never haven't backed down either time. Uh, called him out both times, and 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 Suzuki's kind of just like, you'll get me when I want you to get me type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's really cool, and you know, uh, kudos to, to Minoru. He, he's not, he know what he's doing. I mean, like you said, they're winding down with Suzuki, and this is definitely getting eyes on him. Because uh, he deserves to go out in, in, a, in a really great way, a memorable way. And you, everybody has to turn up their game with Suzuki. We know how good Liger is, but just another gear that you have to kick into going against Suzuki. And, uh, yeah, introducing, like, taking away his mask is just such an integral thing because anybody that knows anything about wrestling knows how important that is. And, and for somebody like Liger, who has built a career, behind his entire career behind that mask it means everything specifically you talk about ending it now so yeah there was some interesting comments as well from Minoru Suzuki after the match where he said I don't want Jushin Liger I want the man under the mask and he didn't mention any names now obviously Jushin Liger is Fuji Yamada however there is the point that it could be Kishin Liger which is a whole different ball game I can't remember the last time we saw Kishin Liger, but it is a character Jushin Liger has used in the past, most notably against Bad Boy Hido in their feud in the mid-2000s, which was incredibly violent. And Kishin Liger only comes out when he really, really needs him. And Minoru Suzuki might be just the person to bring out Kishin Liger. So we'll see. 
Um, the next matchup was Chaos, Hiroki Goto and Kazuchika Okada and Rocky Romero. They defeated Bushi, Sonada and Shingo Takagi in a rematch of the night before. A rainmaker to Bushi ends the match with Okada staring down a fallen Sonada at the end just to kind of heighten that pressure there on Sonada. Can he do anything with Okada after three failures? Well, one win and two losses this year. What's your thoughts on this matchup? Because it was kind of a rerun of the previous night's effort. Yeah, it it was. Uh, though it was interesting. Like I said, it's so fun for me watching. Like, fun and, and like, almost cringe-inducing at the same time because I'm a huge Goto fan, as everybody knows. But um, I've also become a huge fan of Shingo. So just seeing these, these two clash, specifically, I think in the beginning, it was like, no, we got this. And they just run into each other. I mean, you got this dragon warrior versus this samurai, like just two real warriors clashing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, but I hate it at the same time because I can't really pick a winner. But um, with Okada, it's, not, it's interesting because obviously Sonata always does his thing, but it almost kind of seems like he's uh, taking a backseat in his own field a little bit here. Mm. Like like he like he's just gun shy just a little bit because he he knows he can beat him but you know there there's a, a level of uh, arrogance I wish he had right now that that that's not kind of shining through and maybe that's the point they're kind of waiting to you know pull the trigger for the match but that's the thing it's like we can't you know be sure that New Japan will, will pull an upset victory on Okada like that mm. um, but but maybe that's the 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 hidden selling point. You know, the, uh, maybe some people are missing. Uh, but, yeah, you know, um, Okada's the king right now. So, like you said, with him looking down on the fallen Sonata, you know, it kind of says it all. But, you know, again, that's that's the beauty of storytelling. And watching this this match uh, come together, I guess this specialty match coming at, at Kobe versus Goto and uh, Shingo was, almost comes off like a title match, but it's really just like a machismo off, if you will. Um it's setting up something special, so it's going to be interesting seeing what they do with both these matches. Mm, yes, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of weeks as we go into King of Pro Wrestling. That's where Okada versus Sonata will happen. Right then, uh, the next matchup was Lezignara was day upon Evil and Tetsuya Nato. They defeated Bullet Club, Jay White, and Yujiro Takahashi in 11 minutes and 50 seconds. Nato giving it to his former partner, Yujiro Takahashi, to win the match. I'm oh, sorry, Evil, uh, Tetsuya Naito's former partner, uh, Yujiro Takahashi. This was just really interesting to see how these particular teams work with each other. And it, But it's all about Jay White and Evil, uh, sorry, Jay White and Naito at the minute and that Intercontinental Championship matchup that's coming up uh, tomorrow as we record this and we'll be covering it next week's show. What's your thoughts on this one so far? And what's your thoughts on this uh, particular uh, feud for the Intercontinental Championship. I like this feud. Yeah, I like this feud uh, a lot. Uh, like I said, that, that clash in personalities and styles because, you know, uh, Jay White's the guy that, that just thrives at getting under people's skin, and that's just not something that's so easy to do uh, with NATO. I mean, we've seen it maybe pushed to its limits when, when he faced a guy like Jericho who really just handed him a beating we had never seen before and, uh, him take anyway in that form. Uh, but he still, that, that, that tranquilo always shines through. So like you said, this was kind of their uh, you know, back and forth match. And it's always interesting seeing who gets paired with Ujiro 
Mm. Um, it's not taking away anything with Ujiro, but you know, uh, for me that wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be um, if, I'm, if I'm doing the selection, somebody I would maybe put next to Jay White to go against Evil and NATO. But again, like you said, the, the story of the match is, is is you know NATO and White, so you know it, it's 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 interesting. Um, but you know it's always cool because no matter what's going on, NATO remains continues to be the leader of LIJ, and they don't really have that back and forth, uh, those back and forth tensions, if you will. I think the closest we've kind of seen to a possible division has been maybe between Sonata and Evil. Yeah, but th- yeah. But that's kind of come off like, that's just kind of almost come off like those guys being great as a tag team, but kind of wanting to go their own way because they're great individuals, uh, single stars as well. So that's that's about it as, as far as, like you said, with Bullet Club, it's like who's the leader? And you know, you got Jay obviously leading the charge, but we saw what happened the last time they had a who's the leader thing and you had the firing squad in the background. So you might want to tread lightly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just because you're in charge, you think you're in charge. There's a certain level of democracy in Bullet Club that you have to pay attention to. And it's democracy with who's got the biggest stick at the time. Right then, the next matchup was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. Bullet Club, El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori defeated Birds of Prey, Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay in 23 minutes and 10 seconds in a thoroughly breathtaking professional wrestling match that had the crowd rocking and rolling. This was fantastic. Eagles and Osprey have been awesome as a team since they joined up together a couple of months ago. Fantasma and Ishimori similarly have been outstanding as well. Plus some shenanigans, as you'd expect from Bullet Club. But this was really, really good. A solid, solid wrestling match from two very, very fine teams. Uh, can't say enough about it, really. Both of them worked really, really hard. And it is like, as Gino Gambino said, when Ishimori is considered the weaker of the two on a team, you've got to say, how good is that team? Uh, Fantasmo is on fire at the minute. Um, be interesting to see how they can keep momentum for all four of these guys up because they're kind of like all at the top of the junior heavyweight division. Um, but there's only room for one number one, and that's currently Will Ospreay. What's your thoughts on this tag team, Marcus, and where the junior heavyweight tag division sits at the moment? Because this was better than the division is, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do see what you mean. This, this, this was beautiful. I, I implore people to go back and watch this match. Um, and, and maybe this is, I'm, I'm so glad that you pointed out, you know, that, that you know, when, when Taji Ishimura came off as a weaker point, because to me, and then we love Taji, and, and I kind of want him to, to, you know, get some more spotlight. Um, but it, it did kind of come off like it was Alfred Tasma versus Eagles and Osprey. Um, but a lot of that had to do with, you know, everything that's been building because it almost, uh, I guess from Phantasmo's perspective, like Osprey took Eagles from him in a mm-hmm. way. Well, it was very much, of course, <laughs> a grown-ass man made a choice to, um, you know, uh, not be a douche and screw people over and, and go, you know, with Osprey and, you know, uh, rise like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just a phenomenal match. I think that the, the best compliment I could give it is it almost got to a point where I was uh, slightly rooting for Phantasmo in a way. You know, <laughs> I wanted to birds to win because it was, just, it was just so good. And, like I said, not to knock each more, he was there, obviously, but it did very much come off, um, you know, like it, like it was Phantasmo versus, versus the birds of prey uh, from a certain perspective. But, yeah, like, the, like you said, this kind of being better than the division, like, like I get it, cause you know this this kind of came up, you know, out of that that whole thing, from uh, 
you know, like the Super J Cup and stuff like that. So um, hopefully this kind of reignites it and kind of gets some more stuff stirred up in it. Um, but this is definitely not the last time we're going to see these guys clash like this. No, definitely. Right, this one is the main event. This was for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship shot at the Tokyo Dome. Kota Ibushi defeated Kenta in 26 minutes and 23 seconds. I'll admit that I wasn't that bothered about this match because Kenta hasn't been really pushing my button since he came back. He's had flashes of brilliance, but he's mm. not been consistent in enough for me to be really into watching him wrestle again. And then this match really drew me back in. This was Kenta at his most vile and most Kenta, if you see what I mean. This is exactly the kind of opponent he needed. But there's so many similarities between Ibushi and Kenta, both icons of their former promotion, both strike-heavy uh, risk-takers in a different sense. But, you know, Kenta became this um, very precise wrestler as Ibushi has had to become. They were matched up really well, and it really gave a much better kind of showing of what Kenta was capable of and what he's really there for. You know, he's supposed to be this badass heel like he used to be in the early in his early days in Noah, and that's certainly working for him now. Um, and, you know, a bit of help from the Glorillas of Destiny, but uh, Ibushi had a, an insurance plan in Tomohiro Ishii and uh, Yoshihashi, who came and saved the day. Ibushi finished off Kenta, and he's still the number one contender, with a challenge coming up from Evil, which I guess we'll find out about at King of Pro Wrestling. What's your thoughts on this particular matchup, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, I, I was very much looking forward to this uh, match because I, I just knew, like, you know, these guys' styles. Well, well, I was interested in seeing how these guys' styles clash, and, and I thought they would bring out the best in each other, and they did. Um, and um, I was really uh, excited to hear your thoughts on them because I don't think I had necessarily heard your concrete thoughts on Kenta. But when you laid it out like that, it makes perfect sense because I wasn't necessarily privy um, to, uh, you know, what a lot of what he did in Noah, like mm. you said, that aggression. So to to me, you know, kind of seeing what, you know, he was doing when he came uh, to New Japan was kind of like a set norm for me. So to have that other side, it, it kind of makes a lot of sense why um, – People like maybe the outside of New Japan wasn't necessarily, you know, overly impressed because it was almost like a gear down. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so now you know it makes sense because he absolutely tried to kill Kota in this match. <laughs> like and like he did. I mean, the man just holding the briefcase up and try to take his head off and stuff like that and hit him with the briefcase and stuff like that works so well against Kota because the man can take an exorbitant amount of punishment and keep coming back at it. And uh, like you said, the amount of knee strikes, like both can kind of take to the skies if they want to, but more so colder. Uh, and then you got the interference, which was great and continues that storyline with the with the uh, title. So everything kind of blended well here. I think for me, uh, because I've been such a proponent of getting colder on this singles road to that championship, I was just hoping to God they didn't have him pissed to bed in this match. <laughs> been out of the realm of belief like oh again Kota just oh, that story of so close but yet so far away I uh, wouldn't have been out of the realm of belief that they kind of ended up giving this to Kenta because he's gotten surprise you know victories elsewhere uh, in New Japan so I'm just glad to see Kota pulled it out um, and uh, yeah we're gonna, we're gonna see what happens like you said it looks like they're setting up something with him and Evil potentially so you know again even when it feels like they maybe should be cooling off. We're getting a lot of 
a lot of good stuff coming out of here. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, um, they don't do a thing. And I don't know. Also, I'll be asking you this. Like, how many times do they have uh, the G1 winner uh, put the briefcase on the line? Is that like a consistent thing or just like something that happens depending on the few? Usually once or twice. Um, yeah, the last couple of years they've done it once or twice. Usually once a destruction one at King of Pro Wrestling. But obviously, you've got the next thing after that is best of super uh, is the Super J Tag Cup, and then that takes up pretty much October, and then November and December is the World Tag League, and then you're at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's all tag team wrestling for the last two months of the year. So they don't really let the singles guys do anything because the cards aren't big enough to, if they did it, it overshadows the tag team wrestling. So you get to World Tag League final and the main event obviously is the World Tag League final. And they don't put big singles matches on those if they can help it because it tends to um, swallow up any heat for the for the main match. So yeah, once the once you get out of King of Pro Wrestling, you're pretty much done. All right. So there you go. Right then. Well, thank you very much for listening to us today. I'd like to thank Marcus Green for his input. Really appreciate it, sir. Well, my pleasure. Always a great time. Yeah, and uh, we've it's been a lot of fun talking to you about the shows today. We yeah. take care. Have a good week. You can find Marcus at Paradox Kid on Twitter. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show. You can also go to Patreon and help keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. And you can also go to our sponsors, Indie Empire Magazine, who uh, just have their fourth edition out today. Um, you can be like reading my stuff, my continued story of the Three Musketeers and New Japan Pro Wrestling. RJC is on the front cover with an interview. Loads of interviews in this month's edition. It should be a really good, fun read. But you can go find that at Indie Empire on Twitter. And you can also go to powerslam.tv and follow their subscription service where you'll get a free month if you use our code MULLETWATCH. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Thank you very much for listening today. We will have telling stories tomorrow, and we will speak to you next week. Take care. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.